Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Your Bibles tonight, does anybody know what we're studying? Somebody said the Bible. We're studying resisting the devil, the keys to the kingdom. Amen? How many know the devil's a liar? Jesus is Lord? Well, God knows it. The devil knows it. So the devil's going to try you out and see if you know it. I mean, he'll do it. Amen? Amen? How many know he doesn't play fair? That what he does is not legal. It's illegal. Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. Made a show of them openly, triumphed over them in it. Now, we begin this by by looking over in Matthew chapter 16. You can turn to Ephesians 6. That's where we've been hitting every week, teaching on on the armor of God. But we started in Matthew 16 when Jesus said, I'll build the church. Everybody say, Jesus. He's the one that builds the church. The Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, those that labor, labor in vain. Thank God we're not laboring in vain. We're not involved in any vain labor. Amen? So, we must understand that through the Scriptures or through the Word of God, we we begin to understand how God carries out the plan of God in the earth through His people. That's you and I. Now, let me just say this right up front. God has a big, 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 big plan to get as many people as he possibly can saved. Did you know he loves people? Do you know he loves people? And as much as he loves his children, he loves the human family. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So what he wants to do is he doesn't want his family on earth looking like it's beat up, tore up, or that the devil has any kind of preeminence over it. So he's put these truths in the word of God so that we might live by them. And instead of sitting around waiting for God to do something about the devil, we recognize God's already done something about it. So we got to take what God's done about the devil and we got to stick it in the devil's face. I heard an illustration years ago I thought was really good. Guy was talking about an 18-wheeler truck running over a skunk on the highway down in South Texas about this time of the year. The initial contact did the job. No more skunk. Flat as a pancake. But the residual stink may hang around for a week or so. That's exactly what happened in eternity when Jesus rose from the dead and spoiled principalities and powers. He ran over the devil in the highway of eternity. And that was it. And now the only thing's left is that stink. So the enemy has all these kind of stinks he wants you to sniff. Amen? <laughs> Here, sniff this poverty. You know, sniff this, sniff this arthritis. Take a good sniff of COVID, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's what he's doing right now. That's what's on the TV everywhere. Amen? But God's got something better. The Word of God. What did we used to teach on on Lysol? That was good. Amen? I have to think about that. Maybe I'll remember that here in a minute. Did you find it? Ephesians chapter chapter 6 verse 10 is where we want to go to. 
use this as a good jumping off place. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Everybody say, His might. Now notice, put on. Everybody say, put on. So that's an action on your part. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles, the traps, or the strategies of the devil. Now let me say this. There is a real devil. There is a real devil, a real evil devil. There are real demons. There are real principalities, powers. There are evil spirits, wicked spirits in high places. And listen, they want to destroy you. They want to carry out the ministry of the devil, and that is to steal, kill, and destroy. And the reason he hates you so much is because God has invested everything in you that Christ purchased for you through his death, burial, and resurrection. And we could go down through the litany of things that the devil hates you about. One of the chief of those is praise and worship. You took his place. I said you took his place. He used to be the chief praise and worshiper in heaven. Now you are. Amen. So the devil's defeated. Everybody say the devil's defeated. So all of his wiles, all of his traps, everything he tries to do, Next verse there in verse 12. Now, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, listen. We could teach on things, uh, you know, about how things happen in life. There are things that we do to ourselves that we need God to get us out of. Am I in the right place? <laughs> That's called mercy. Thank God His mercies are new every morning. I mean, His mercies are new every morning. Uh, then there's that which is just natural to us because of the world, the world and the world system that we live in. It says in 1 Corinthians 10, no, no uh, temptation that, is, uh, 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 that we have to succumb to or that, is, uh, that comes upon us uh, cannot come upon us except it's common to men. Everybody say common. So there's no supernatural things in that. Just things that happen to people all the time. But then you've got something extra. You say, what is that? you got a devil that hates you. Now, some of the things that we self-inflict, we know that. And we're pretty much aware of that which goes on around us that harms us, hurts us, or, 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 or does something to disturb our comfort, our peace. Amen? But I'm telling you, a whole lot of what you're going through right now has a demonic backing to it. There's a real devil sees you coming to a church like this, finding out who God really is, finding out who you really are, finding out that you have authority, finding out that the devil is defeated because a child of God that knows who he is in Christ is as much threat to the devil as Jesus Christ was when he walked on the earth. The enemy knows that. That's why he'll come and try to some little plot, some little plan, some little trap, some little wile of the devil, and he'll try to run that on your life here, run that on your life there. And next thing you know, you find yourself in multiple dramas, and you're thinking, what in the world is going on here? Has that ever happened to anybody this side of 61st Street? <laughs> Amen. I tell you, I'm telling you what's going on. I'm telling you what's going on. There is a devil, a demon, some little old imp that's trying to convince you that the Word of God is not true. Amen. And many times we cry out to God for deliverance when God's saying, deliver yourself. 
Take my word. Take the anointing. Take the authority. Take the power of the name of Jesus and kick the devil out of your house. Did you get that? Did you get that? Then you got to close all the doors, shut all the windows, and lock it all up. You say, what is that? The Bible says, give no place to the devil. That means he has no place. He can't come in through your computer. Well, Pastor, it just popped up there. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm sure it did. (laughs) And I had to go find out where it came from. Sure you did. Why don't you unplug it and throw it in the pool? Not any amens on that one, huh? I paid five hundred dollars for it. Now, well, listen, you got the Jesus said, if your eye offends, you pull it out. You, you think he really meant that? I think he really meant that. He said it's better to go into eternity lame than it is to have all your parts and go and suffer in hell for eternity. Amen. So you've got to understand there are certain fights that you're going to have to fight. Sure, Pastor, uh, Pastors Rusty and Lee, we'll pray for you. We'll anoint you with oil. We'll give you a prayer cloth. We'll give you a book. We'll do whatever it takes to help you. But you're going to have to help yourself. You're going to have to say, Devil, get out of my mind. Get out of my finances. Get out of my body. Get out of our marriage. Or he'll come in there and he'll stir you all up. Amen. So, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against all these stinking devils. But remember, they're defeated. You do not have to defeat them. They're already defeated. You are are exercising a commission and an assignment of authority every time you use the name of Jesus against a demonic spirit. Amen? I'll do that, Lord. It ain't hard to figure things out. I remember... Way back in the, in, the, in the early 90s, these people went nuts. They kind of, a little prayer move started, then it started growing, then they went into this real stupid spiritual warfare where they thought they had to fly up in airplanes and do all this kind of stuff. and get you got to go to the highest point, you know, go to the top of the building. If you don't, you'll never be able to, you know, tear down the strong. Well, that's all crazy. You can say the name of Jesus right here on the flat ground and knock the biggest devil off Mount Everest there is in the universe. Well, they, they, I remember I was reading an article about how they went to Las Vegas and they leased this corporate jet. There's like 20-something of them. And they got in it up. They went up into the highs. It was, and they were praying that God would reveal to them the, 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 the principality force, the principality uh, that was ruling over Las Vegas. So they flew round and round and they bound and they loosed and they, and they you know, they prayed in the Holy Ghost and they, and they landed on the ground with this great revelation. There's a spirit of gambling <laughs> over the city of Las Vegas. Well, yeah, some things are kind of obvious. Now remember this, church. Any demon force and any demon power has the right to operate in this realm through the permission of human beings. Some people knowingly, some people unknowingly. That's why you've got to do a detailed inventory of your life and find out if you've got any doors or windows open or any areas of your life in which the enemy can come in and continually harass you. And you know, you can, you can start preaching here and start making people mad. I start mentioning the things that I went through things that I had to do, 
And if I start mentioning that, then people say, well, he's preaching against this and he's preaching against that. But that's not true. That's just what I had to give up because God said that's an open door. First thing I had to give up was the music I listened to. We were driving down the road the other day and an old rock and roll song came on and I sang her every word of it, didn't I? <laughs> I mean, I, I heard that song back when I was a teenager, 14 years old and still no ever word. Tell me there's no spiritual component to music. Amen. The first thing the Lord told me, He said, you can't listen to that stuff no more. I knew I couldn't. I knew that that was an open door in my life. I knew that was an open door in my life for the enemy to keep me oppressed. Then there are things that you may read, you may watch. Back in the day, back in the, in the 90s, late 80s, there were all these novels about the spirit realm. And they're all of them about, these, about this huge spiritual war that's going back and forth in the unseen realm. And it's just raged for, for thousands and thousands of, of millennials. And it's back and forth, good and evil, right and wrong, God and the devil. They're fighting it out. That's the biggest lie anybody ever told. That's total Hollywood. That's all that is. But Christians started reading those books. And so they thought they had to get up there and get in that war. But I'm going to tell you, there is no war. The war has been won. There is a fight because of the war. But thank God the war has been won. Jesus is Lord. The devil is under our feet. And there, you're just, some of you are just going to have to make a decision to go home tonight and clean house. You say, well, what am I supposed to do? You ask God. Hold it up in front of him and say, what about this? You'll know right off the bat whether it's of God or not. Amen? How did we get off on that? Good Lord have mercy. I didn't intend to say that, but I ended up doing it. Glory to God. <laughs> now, this is where we're at. Verse 13, we're four. Take, everybody say take. Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now, now remember, I say this every time. Repetition is, is the way you're trained. It's, uh, it says, and having done all. Everybody say, done all. Now, your stand is made when you've done all. And people say, well, what do you mean done all? Well, you've believed in your heart. You've confessed with your mouth. You've stood on the Word of God. You've rejoiced. You've believed. You were sitting. Now, you're making a stand of faith right there. The Bible says, and having done all, now get ready. I got some armor. I got some weapons. I got some gifts. I'm going to help you make that stand till what's in the unseen realm comes out of that realm and right into your life for everybody to see it. I think we did the first two last, last week. Stand therefore. We talked about our loins being girded with truth, having on the bless, uh, breastplate of righteousness. Verse 15. Now this is where a lot of people miss it. Have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now this is your personal witness, your personal ministry. You say, what do you mean by that? Every one of us have a personal ministry. It's not, a, it's not an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. It's not anything. It is, a, it is literally a commission from God to bear the name of Jesus in front of everybody that we live around. Amen? Not only that our life would bear the fruits of righteousness that they could see and enjoy. But at any given moment, you could tell them, would you like to get saved or born again right now yourself? And it's not just because you got a better doctrine or message than they do. It's because they see the fruit 
of God and the glory of God in your life. Amen. That's your feet being shod. One, one translation, how did it go? Uh, happy feet that would go anywhere and be what Jesus wants to be. Happy feet that would go. I, I'm telling you, it's such a joy to serve God. Every day, all day long. Let me say that again. It's such a joy to serve God. Every day, all day long. People talk about, oh, I gave up so much to serve the Lord. Oh, I'm telling you, I, I gave up so much. Woe is me. What did you give up? Sin, unrighteousness, death. Here I go again, meddling instead of teaching. Let me get back over here. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Have ready feet. This is, this is literally a servant's commission. Remember this. Before we're anything else in the kingdom, we are the children of God, then we are the servants of God. And by being the servants of God, we become the servants of one another. And being servants of one another, we become the servants of mankind. That is literally the image of Christ. And that's the image that He wants the world to see. Christ in us, the hope of glory. We serve God, we serve each other, and then we serve the human family trying to get them out of the curse that they were born into. Amen? That's a whole nother... Boy, that's a good message. I have to preach that sometime. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, now here we go, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is, in the, word, which is the Word of God. Now, let's just kind of go through these. Number one, the, the, the helmet of salvation. Everybody say helmet of salvation. I'm going to do that one, that one before the shield of faith because that, that's a key. The Roman helmet was unique in which they had learned to use metal in such a way that, that, that it literally helped instead of hindered. A lot of, lot, of, lot of helmets hindered. Hindered their vision, hindered all this, but the Romans had worked with it until they actually got a working battle helmet. Now, the helmet covers the head, which guards the mind. Now, notice what it's called. It's called the helmet of what? So we could actually say it like this. Is your mind being constantly renewed with the message of salvation? Now, th this is something that I've learned over the years is, is, is really important and unique for a believer. We get born again. Some of us can remember the day, the hour, the time, all that. That's all well and good. But listen, salvation was not an event that happened to you in the past. Salvation is an ongoing thing that God is doing, not only in you, but with you and for you. Amen. Amen. If, you, if you're a student of the Word, you can literally say it like this. You are saved being saved. You are saved. I'm born again. If anything was to happen to me right now, I close my eyes on this side, I open them in heaven. To be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. But in the meantime, I'm what? I'm saving myself from this wicked and untoward generation using the Word of God, the power of the name of Jesus. The power. See, that knowledge of salvation, I am born again. I am a child of God. There's no reason I should feel guilty. There's no reason I should feel condemned. 
I have the same right to approach the throne of God as Jesus Christ himself does. He has cleansed me with his blood. He has washed me with the word. See, you've got to let this dwell in your mind. Now, let me say this, church. That doesn't just happen because you listen to a cassette at night. I was talking with somebody uh, Tuesday morning, pastor friend of mine. We were talking about renewing the mind, some things we've been teaching. And I made this statement. I said, you know, in the mornings when I wake up, I said, when conscious thought and unconscious thought begin to become kind of blurred, many times you can tell really what's going on in your life by what pops into your mind right then and there. Well, for about the last six or eight years, when that begins to happen to me, this is, what, this is the thought. The entrance of His Word bringeth light and life to me. And it's kind of like a, a, a phone call or a, how can you say this? Uh, uh, some type of communication over a radio somewhere. It's kind of, kind of a, a breaking up. We call it breaking up. And then the next time, when you just think it, and then that opens the door for that entire, what would I call it, repertoire of scriptures that I think about the Word on. I think about everything. They just start rolling in my mind. And when that begins to happen, you become conscious of the other thoughts that begin to find. And you can always tell. Now, this, this is going to help you tonight if you listen to this. You can always tell because the enemy torments your mind with questions. And sometimes it, the questions are an insinuation, but they're in question form. You know, I'm doing, oh, what are you going to do about this? Or, what, what are you going to do about that? Or, or, or what about this? Or what about that? Or, or, you know, you shouldn't have neglected this, and now, now you have to pay attention to that. And, and, and he'll start that process in your mind. That's where that helmet of the knowledge of salvation comes into place. The first thing you begin to do is when he begins to fire the questions at you, you don't begin to fire back at him supposed answers. You just begin to let that word begin to roll around in your mind. Then he would come to you and say, you know, you, you, you're a little weak today. You're not near as strong as you were yesterday. Got a little cough going. You know, you, you, you're coming down with something. You're coming down with... I remember my dad... Daddy, when he first got into this back in the early 60s, they, they were talking about this big flu epidemic. This was about 1964, 65. They talked about this big flu epidemic. I know this because he, he tells this when he used to give his testimony at the Full Gospel Businessman uh, uh, events. So dad goes out. He gets a, a Houston Post newspaper, which that doesn't even exist anymore. And in it was a big pullout thing for Rexall drugs. Mouthwash. Kleenex, you know, everything you need for the cold, the flu, and the flu. So he went down, and he bought two grocery bagfuls. And when he got home, he was so sick, he had to be put in bed. You say, why? He prepared himself for it. How did that start? Start with thought. Starts with a thought. That's why the, that's why the Lord shows us, you've got to have on a helmet. You've got to have something on top of your head that's going to protect the way you think, what you think, how you think it, but not only that, how you receive it. Most people don't understand the way the enemy tries to communicate with them because they've entertained so much of his communication. 
Now, don't, that's, not, that's, not a, that's not a slight at you. That's not a, that's not a jab at you. That, that should wake you up to realize, hey, I'm responsible for what comes into my mind. See, the mind's the most private part of your life. But there's one person that can look right in the middle of it. You can fool everybody else around you, but you can't fool God. And eventually, if you're thinking wrong, you're going to start acting wrong. And if you're acting wrong, you're going to start talking wrong. You're going to start doing wrong. And it's going to be wrong, 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 wrong. But the good news is you can get some good teaching on the Word of God. And you, be, you can begin to say, devil, I ain't going to think like that. I have, I have on the helmet of salvation. Amen. The enemy comes in and says, you're no good. He's thinking not. The righteousness of God in Christ. Now, here's, here's oh, I've got a couple of minutes. I can do this. Okay. If we were teaching on the demonic side of this, we would try to explain or show to you by the Scriptures, by the Word of God, it's the difference between oppression and obsession. You say when? When, when fighting devils. When putting on, that, putting on that armor against just the everyday onslaught of what the enemy might try to do to you, to you or your mind. Now, all of us, every day, all of us, Every day, at some time of the day, or oppressed by a demon spirit. You say, every day? Oh, that sounds like some kind of a deliverance message. No, it's true. No, they're out there. They're out there. And you always know when they begin the process is by, you can literally sense where the thoughts are coming from. They're not coming from here. They're coming from here. Amen? And they're always wrapped up in some kind of negativity. And I always either lead to a question or a, just a flat-out question. And here's, but listen, not just a question. It is a question unanswerable without creating more questions. <laughs> It'd be like a fishing lure tied to three fishing lures, tied to ten fishing lures, tied to, till you got like nine million fishing lures. And so the enemy's just waiting for you to hit the first one. Then you're hooked. And then here come the thoughts. And what is that? The next one is what? The shield of faith, which is over the vitals. The heart can block it from coming to the mind. What you can do, what? Quench all the fiery darts. So God's got a name for those thoughts. Fiery, everybody say fiery. fiery. Darts, everybody say darts. Now a dart was a unique weapon that the Roman army used. It, was, it wasn't but about this long. It could literally be thrown. You could throw, throw it. It was hand-to-hand combat. I mean, it was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a terrible weapon. Now, if you took them and had a launching platform, some of them had a small bow. Others of them, they would put on a rack with a, with a bunch of them and have a big bow and wrap that back, and they'd light them on fire. Now they have a dual they're able to do two different destructive things, not just one, which is to pierce or to maim, but now it can catch on fire what it pierces and maims. So the first one comes on it, first one comes in and creates the hurt, and the second one spreads it all over the place. So you don't want to you don't want to be hit by those. So God said the shield of what? Faith. So what you're always meditating on. 
which should be about you and God and your relationship. Oh, thank you, Father. I'm a new creature in Christ. Oh, my God. The very spirit and life of God abide on the inside of me. Paul said, I have this treasure in this earthen vessel. God lives in me. God lives in me. God abides in me. The spirit of God abides in me. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. And you just begin to do that out loud so your ears can hear it because your words in your ears make a greater impression on your thoughts than anybody else's. That's why David said, I will say of the Lord. So here comes that oppression. We all feel it. We all sense it. Sometimes it's physical. Sometimes it's financial. But that oppre Now oppression, oppression is the arena in which you must establish the victory already given you. We do not fight into the victory. We fight from the standpoint of victory. Did you get that? We are victorious fighting off that which is trying to attack us. Amen. That is the arena of oppression. That's why you've got to be strong in the Lord. You've got to, you've got to fight that. You've got to resist that. Remember uh, James chapter 4 verse 7, 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 6. All of those, submit yourself therefore unto God, humble yourself, resist, actively oppose the devil, and he will run from you and start terror. That's where you've got to de demonstrate that defeat. That's right, because if you don't, he'll take it to the next level, level which is an obsession. Now let me just say this. You're a Christian. You cannot be possessed. Possession is ownership. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. But I've seen some people obsessed that I thought were possessed. Because they were obsessed. They were obsessed. I mean it affected them physically. It affected them emotionally. It affected their minds. It affected their mental state. That means they're, they're in, a, in a constant contact with that which is oppressing. There's a, there's a permanent, not a permanent, that's not a good word, but there's a, there's, a, there's a connection there that needs to be broken. Many times when people are, are obsessed, they need ministry. They need somebody to lay their hands on them, take authority over the devil. Many times when you get to the place in which you're obsessed by something, then I guarantee you, you're in a place beyond your own faith and you need some help. Amen. And I'm telling you, I've seen people oppressed by different things, just, uh, you know, by fears and phobias, all this kind of stuff. Listen, God doesn't want you living like that. He doesn't want you living in torment. He doesn't want you living in pain. And He doesn't want you, want, want you living obsessed with some little old devil trying to mess your life up and trying to destroy you. He loves you more than that. He values you more than that. But you've got to make a decision. I'm done with this. I'm getting this stuff out of my life. You've got to make a decision to do it. Amen. Amen? And you know, there's always that, well, you know, if I ever uh, asked for ministry, I'd be so embarrassed. Why? That's exactly what the enemy's trying to do, get you to a place in which he can embarrass you. Get you in a place. Actually, it's not, that's really not the good word. The word the enemy uses is to shame you. He wants to shame you. But the good news is, you're part of a body whose main force in the body is what? Love. Let's try that again. Is what? Love. One more time. Love. Now look at your neighbor and smile and say love. love. Amen. That means we 
forgive. We don't judge. Amen. I mean that sometimes those, those stinking devils will gang up on you like that. That, that obsession. And you know, this is the sad thing is, is that, that, that it can be prevented. It just takes some teaching and some faith. And so many, so many people today suffer. Literally, just, just literally obsessed with something that happened in their life. A great disappointment. Something that didn't go their way. A bad business deal. A, a broken marriage. Wayward kids. You've you got to roll that stuff over on God. You're carrying a load. You're carrying a weight that will weigh you down and you won't be able to run your race. That's why Paul told, uh, tells us there in chapter uh, 12 of the book of Hebrews to lay aside every sin and wait. What are those weights? Many times things that, that the enemy is just trying to get us obsessed with. Let me just say this. Don't ever think you need something so bad that you're willing to compromise your walk with God to get it. Well, I've been believing God. Nothing has happened. I'm telling you, I just don't think it's right. I just don't think it's fair. I've seen other people receive. I've seen other people. And why am I sitting here suffering? I'm telling you, the enemy's trying to run something on you right now. I don't know who this is for, but I've kind of flipped over into another vein. Amen? But you've got to make a decision. I'm not going to let this happen to me. Your preemptive strike against the enemy can cause great liberty and freedom to come into your life. Where you can go back to that place in which he's just, he's just trying to oppress you and you can make your stand of faith and say in the name of Jesus, I am not going to become obsessed with this thing. This thing is broken in my life once and for all in Jesus' name. Amen. And it's sad when, 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 people, you know, when people just continue to entertain that because it'll, it'll drive you out of your mind. It'll drive you flat out of your mind. But thank God for His mercy. His kindness and compassion. Brother Frank, go to the keyboard real quick. His kindness, His compassion. How much He values you. How much He loves you. And I'm telling you, you don't have to, you don't have to let the devil beat your brains out. Beat your life up. Tear your marriage to pieces. Do things to you that shame you. Where, where, where after it's all over, you're, you're just ashamed of yourself. That's a trap of the devil exactly what it is. And you've got to learn the greatest restorative power in the universe belongs to our God. Amen. Belongs to our God. And we're commissioned by the Word of God. Galatians chapter 6 it says, if a brother or sister is caught in a fault, you that are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness. At least the same thing come on you. I've watched over the years ministers that would get in trouble. Others that would get in trouble and they were not restored. As far as I was concerned, they were. I mean, I always try to restore people. God restored me from something I thought I couldn't be restored from. Amen? But we're all called by God to forgive and to walk in love and to pull with people, bear one another's burdens. Some people just have a fight that's hard for them to fight. We've got to fight with them then. Agree with them. Pray for them. Amen? You say, why? Because you may need it one day. 
You may need a church praying for you, agreeing and speaking your name and calling your name out. Amen. So before we leave tonight, you say, Pastor, I'm telling you, I, I may be one of those ones that's just obsessed. I've really been in a fight. Because many times when you're fighting spiritually and you're not gaining any ground, the enemy will try to drag you into depression. That's his ultimate goal. You can feel that, that heaviness come upon you. You can feel that, that darkness try to, try to come down upon you. I know I've been there. I've had to fight it back and declare the light of God and the life of God. I've had to do it physically. I've had to do it in the church. I've had to do it for finances. I mean just about everything. It's a fight of faith. But thank God we've already won. But if that's you, you say, Pastor, that's me. I tell you, it's a, I need help in the fight I'm going through right now. I need some help. If that's you, come here right now. We're going to pray for you. We're going to believe God with you that anything that's hindering the flow of God's blessing is going to be broken. And you're going to receive from God. Amen? You're going to receive from God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Did you get some help tonight? Amen? Did you get some help? If I'm not helping you, I'm not doing you any good. I, I, I want to help you. Amen? So let's be plain about what we're going to do. Pastor Lee, come stand with me. Come stand with me, darling. Lee and I, as pastors, the ministry gifts that we walk in, that which God has given us in 37 years of proven ministry, we bring, we bring online right now. We use that right now on behalf of people that need help. That's the authority in the name of Jesus. Power of the Holy Ghost. The anointing that's on ministry gifts and offices. And every bit of grace that God's given us right here at Island Church to be who we are and do what we do. I tell you, you're in good company tonight. I said, you're in good company. I want everybody here to stand on your feet and stretch your hand towards these precious people. Hallelujah. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Begin to pray in the Spirit. Father, thank you right now for your great power. For you said in your word that our faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And Father, as we humbly approach tonight, your throne of grace and mercy, we remind you of who you are. You're the great God of the universe. Creator, Redeemer. You're the one in which nothing, nothing is impossible. You're the one who has purchased us through the Son of your very own, through the blood of your very own Son. So that we might walk in the authority that He has. The power that was bestowed upon Him dwells and abides in us. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over every wicked spirit. Ever, over every evil, oppressive spirit. We say in the name of Jesus, you get your hands off of God's property. Heavenly Father, through the law of contact and transmission, we lay up hands upon her tonight and we declare that the oppression of the devil is broken in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Be free. Be free over our sister. In the name, above every name, in the name of Jesus. Leave her alone. Jesus' name. We break that over her in Jesus' name. Or for our sister, in the name of Jesus, that name above every name. We break, we break, we break it in Jesus' name. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, in Jimbo's life, we break it. We thank you, Father. You show him every open window, every crack in every door. Or he's a carpenter, Jesus, just like you were. Thank you, Father. You show him how to close and shut down everything, anything the enemy would be trying to invade his life with. You foul, oppressing spirit, you leave him alone. Leave him alone in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father. This night he finds the liberty, the liberty, the liberty in the name of Jesus that she needs. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We break that off of her. She'll not be obsessed with that another moment. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, in my brother, I declare an ending, a coming to a conclusion of. In the name of Jesus, you found tormenting spirit from hell. You leave his mind alone. In the name of Jesus, you will not torment him another day. We take authority of you over you. We remind you of your defeat 2,000 years ago. Thank you for the peace of God, the peace of God that passes all. And our sister, in the name of Jesus, I break that off of you. I say in the name of Jesus, you will not go down that path. No, no, in Jesus' name. You foul spirit from hell, you lose your hold. You lose your hold in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, in our sister, in the name of Jesus. No, you're not losing your mind. You're not losing your mind. No, you're finally finding the mind of Christ. No, no, you're, you're arming yourself. You're gaining, not losing. In Jesus' name, I break that off of you. I break that off of you. I break that guilt, that condemning voice. That blame that keeps coming up at you, that's of the devil. That's of the devil. Thank you, Father, for a cleansing word of peace in her heart and spirit. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we break, we break, we break that oppressive spirit. You will not obsess her. You will not capture her imagination. We break your assignment. We cancel it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for a change. A change of heart. A change of heart. A change of heart. We thank you, Lord God. Lord, and our sister, right now, you foul spirit that would try and obsess her mind. We break your power. You're alive from hell. You leave her alone. In Jesus' name, we declare her liberty. We declare her victory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now lift your hands and worship God. Thank you, Lord. Come on, lift your hands. Everybody say, I'm free. Say, I'm free. Come on, say, I'm free. 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 You know, you got to declare your freedom. There's a great evangelist. I really loved him. I, I didn't know him personally. I was acquainted with him. I had dinner with him a couple of times. R.W. Schambach was his name. And he tells the story of being on a ship that was liberating the prisoner of war camps in Japan. And so he said they pulled up at the dock 
And these guys in these very scant, uh, 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 clothes that were just rags, he said they begin to take them off. Begin to take those rags off because their prison days were over. And he said they ran up the ramp of that ship with not a stitch on <laughs> He said they didn't have a stitch on, but you'd never seen men so free in your entire life. I'm telling you, there's more than a ship in your harbor. And your grave clothes that you had on, thank God Jesus stripped them off of you when you got born again. Now some of you just need to proceed to run naked up the ramp. Isn't that right? Amen. Running up the ramp, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Glory to God. Amen. Father, thank you for your wonderful presence tonight. The Word of God that is so rich and powerful. Thank you. We will not forget because we did not listen. We heard what you had to say. We declare our protection and safety according to Psalms 91. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We thank you, Father. Highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation, we declare in Jesus' name. Praise God. Where's, uh, yeah, Marcus here. Y'all leaving for Mexico on Saturday? Come, we, we need to pray for you again. I know, I think we did it either last time or time before then. But you know, I get an unction. I'm going to obey God. Amen? I just, when I was praying over protection, I saw y'all's faces came up in front of me. So we're just going to... And Father, we thank you for those that go out and proclaim the gospel. That they're kept. That they're protected. That the angels of God surround them. That no evil befalls them. No plague comes nigh them. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And that the strategy of the adversary is foiled. In the name of Jesus... Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord God. No weapon formed against them shall ever prosper. And I thank you, Father. You bless their going out. You bless their coming in. And I thank you, according to Job chapter 5, they're going to return home and find nothing lacking, nothing missing, all things blessed and kept by God. Thank you, Father. Now, Lord, we send them forth with fresh oil upon them, fresh anointing upon them to speak, to proclaim and demonstrate to proclaim and demonstrate God's healing and delivering power. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Whew, glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank God. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Father, we thank you that you stir in all of us that heart of evangelism that when we walk out these doors, we go into our own mission field. Let us recognize and realize the value of those that Jesus died for. Let our feet be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Thank you, Father, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you have called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.